Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast. As usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, a market analyst based out in Sydney, Australia, and it's light outside, I can see, Josh. How's the weather been today? How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good, Sam. I'm good. Yeah, finally light. Unfortunately, uh, during the summer, we don't necessarily get the uh, the light evenings that the UK get, but the sun's not going down to about 7.30 uh, at the moment. So it's beautiful, beautiful evenings in Sydney. Yeah, it's manageable. That's manageable. On the uh, on the podcast today, we've got quite a few interesting subjects to talk about. We have the big one, US inflation, which in fairness, we could probably only talk about and, and that would be fine. Uh, we've also got the midterms, which I mean, we were recording this Wednesday morning. Uh, so they kind of happened happening as uh, so we sort of give that a little bit of a, a wrap up preview, depending when uh, people listen to this. And then we can also talk about Twitter as well. I mean, look on the Twitter point, it's not a public company anymore, but it's still a really interesting subject. And with Elon Musk involved, there are repercussions we probably need to factor in too for, for other assets. And actually, I just I woke up to see a message from you about Elon Musk and uh, uh, and what he's been up to. So yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, those are our subjects today. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, another busy week. Um, you know, as you say, inflation midterms probably take the focus, but. There's always room for our man, uh, <laughs> yeah. our man, Mr. Musk. But um, it might be Trump that we start talking about again soon. So you never know. But um, but yeah, Musk is uh, is still stealing the limelight. He uh, he tweeted saying that Twitter usage is an all time high, so and that. he hopes that servers don't melt. Uh, always good for your CEO to say that. But um, but look, clearly, in some way, good or bad, he's he's obviously attracting people back to mm. back to the platform or to the platform for the first time. But his focus is at the moment is on Twitter. So will that come at a cost to, to other ventures? We shall see. Yeah, I, I guess we shall see about Trump returning to Twitter as well, which would be 20, 2022 to sum that, right? <laughs> that's, that's, what it, that's what it needs to, to sum it up. Um, first up, then inflation, the big one. It, it, it's obviously worth noting for people listening to this. It depends when you listen to it. Um, we're recording it as said Wednesday is coming out Thursday afternoon UK time US morning or people in Australia your your evening uh, but it'd be good for for those to have a preview or, or to review what what to actually look out for in that report so Josh what are we looking for uh, what are the expectations and, and then we can also sort of discuss a, a potential market reaction if it's good or bad or in line. Yeah, well, again, I mean, it's going to be, as we say, sort of the one to watch, especially after last week's 75 basis point move from Federal Reserve. We had Jerome Powell's comments suggesting it was obviously too premature to talk about a pause in those interest rates. Um, so, yeah, this, this is going to be the sort of the focus right now. You know, many want to see the, the Fed step down its rate hikes to 50 basis points in December and then begin to pause in the first half of 2023. But 
inflation isn't sort of falling as quickly as the Fed would like. And yeah, it's not really playing ball. Um, Markets right now are are favoring a 50 basis point hike at 57% over 43% Mm. for 75 basis points. Yeah. Um, that's that's actually changed, you know, within the last week. It was the other way around. Markets were just slightly pricing in 75 last week. Um, so there's a bit of a change there, maybe coming from obviously non-farm payrolls data last week. That could have maybe had a bit of an effect. Um, but again, that, that's going to change depending on on this result that we get. You know, the, the Fed have, have all, you know, already expressed concerns about inflation becoming entrenched. So there's, you know, the question mark of taking its foot off the gas too early. That could be a risk. Uh, and one they might not be willing to, to sort of take right now as well. Um, so, yeah, this week, if, if inflation does come in hot, I think markets are going to instantly price in another 75 basis point move from the Fed in December. Um, and I think that will have a significant impact on on markets because it means we're going to see higher for longer rates. Um, but let's not think negatively. Inflation yeah. is coming down. You said That's that, the headline. That's the headline right there. Josh Gilbert yeah. says inflation is coming down. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I think we've said on this podcast before, inflation is transitory. That might have been in 2021. So depending on your timeline, it is. So we, we, yeah. can, we can get away with that one. Yeah, true, true. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, to the numbers, headline inflation is expected to fall again um, mm-hmm. year over year. Uh, the consensus is at 7.9%. But some of the major banks are expecting around 7.8%. Um, um, but you know, in, in general, that would be down from the 8.1% that we got last month. Um, but in an important note, and I posted this on my um on my Twitter today, is that seven of the last 11 CPI readings have come in hotter than the market has expected. Um, so I'm trying to be positive, but again, when you read something like that, um, and you get that sort of data, it's it's sometimes hard to not expect it this to come in hotter than expected. Um but the, the market ultimately is going to be focused on core inflation, though, which is, is sort of given Jerome Powell and, and sort of the rest of the, the Federal Reserve a bit of a headache. Um, it's been really sort of sticky. It rose again last month to 6.6%. That's the highest reading that we've seen so far in 2022. Um, but this reading is expected to show that core CPI slowed to 0.4 uh, month over month after two monthly readings of 0.6%. And that would bring the year-over-year figure down slightly to 6.5%. And it's the same with the core. Um, We've had um, hotter than expected forecasts, 7 out of the 11 readings that we've had recently as well. So, um, again, it's going to be a really interesting one to watch. Again, we've just got to hope that we don't have something coming in higher than expected. Let's just hope that inflation is coming down. There will be another inflation report, though, before the December meeting. Um, And if results are in line with expectations then I think that should support that downward shift to a 50 basis point increase. And then obviously, on the other hand, vice versa, if it's if it's uh, higher than expected, then we're going to start pricing at 75 basis points. But, you know, markets have reacted differently to events this year um, with some big moves being priced in e- either sort of side. But the obvious move for markets is the hotter print sees the market lower and a cooler reading sees the market higher, um, just as the, the obvious play. Look at it. Yeah, I mean, the the interesting point, I think we made this point last week on the podcast and i've definitely mentioned it since on on other webinars the last inflation reading was the 13th of october and the one before that 13th of september if anyone's listening to this while looking at a chart get the s&p up get the nasdaq up get pretty much any equity market up as well whether that be the FTSE or the dax the 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 high in september the 13th the low of the market that we've seen recently the 13th 
So those two inflation numbers from September, the high to October, the low, it just shows the importance of this reading. So I would be keeping a watch on now look, if people do listen to this today on the Wednesday, think how we price, what we're, how we're trading into the event. If we're going higher and higher and higher and higher, the market's expecting, you know what, it's actually going to be okay. So it needs to be okay, because if it's not, it's going to come down pretty quick. Um, and, and vice versa, if we're trending lower into it, we then maybe expecting it to actually be bad. Medium term traders, I think you're better off now holding off until that inflation number poor, really getting stuck in. We don't know what's going to come in as, and if you do, you're inside trading and we don't want anything to do with that. So uh, keep that to yourself. Um, look, it's number one. It's the number one thing to consider this week. And to be honest, it's probably number one, two, three, four. Very interesting point, though, that we have another one before the next Fed meeting, though. So I almost wonder if it is bad, the Fed can be like, meh, we got another one anyway. And it's backward looking, all this kind of stuff. There's always a silver lining, I guess, if you want there to be. Uh, the next thing to, for, for us to consider is, is midterm. So we'll, we'll, we'll drop some facts and discuss what we're looking for. I mean, look, firstly, the word midterm kind of gives it away. Midterm, middle of term. So, yeah, in the middle of a four-year presidency um, term, we, we have elections for Congress, which is made up obviously two parts, House of Representatives and the House of Senate. Congress makes nationwide laws and the House decides which laws are voted on while the Senate uh, can block or approve them, confirm appointments made by the president and more rarely conduct any investigations against him. Each state, for those that care, have two senators who sit for six year terms, representatives sit, serve for two years and represent smaller districts. All the seats in the House of Representatives are or have been, I guess, if, depending when you are listening to this, up for an election uh, alongside one third of the Senate, several major state, states also have elections for their governor and local officials. Look, I am a big fan of markets, but I am not a big fan of politics. <laughs> so, um, and again, we know it does have obviously a huge impact on the markets as well. So we've got to talk about it. <laughs> and I think the easiest thing just to get to this point and just to, again, when, when we're doing this podcast, we're digesting, we want to invest. <laughs> so the most important question that we all want to know, who might win? Well, that, that's it, right? And, and, when I was sort of review, previewing this and, and writing some notes ahead of the, the podcast, the, the, what was expected, which is also very important, actually, when thinking about a market reaction, was one that we may not know for a few days. And speaking to a few people and reading a few thoughts from different analysts, the idea was that the Republicans were, were going to get both the Senate and the House, which would be you know complete reversal of what we've seen, which actually isn't you know, too uncommon to see things go away from from those that are sort of running the country. Uh, but I was just sort of reading online this morning and the FT have got it very, very close. And, you know, that, that idea that there was going to be a Republican wave, that's sort of falling through at the moment. But listen, the way things go in markets, that could change in an hour, two hours or a day when we start to get the full result. Market reaction wise to this is incredibly limited. There really isn't anything to, to sort of go off at the moment. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite interesting last night. I, I can't remember the, the financial news outlet that was saying it, but it was like futures are down 0.5% of midterm results or midterm projections, projections. An hour later, futures are up 0.5% on futures on uh, midterm projections. You think, God, they have no idea what's going on here. Um, but look, the... That, that on that sort of market reaction and, and what we we think might happen, we we got some stats which I saw um, Cali put together, 
uh, from sort of election day and it can actually start an end of year relief rally, which will be music to people's ears, I'm sure, hearing that. And in fact, all elections since 1950, the S&P 500 has also risen an average of 6.6% in the fourth quarter of midterm years over that period, compared to a 3.3% average climb in other years. So we'll take, that's we'll pretty take that. good. Absolutely. So people will say, well, why? Why more positive than not? Well, you know, what do markets hate? Uncertainty we all hate that um and that's what midterms sort of bring you know and big events bring we don't know the outcome we're pricing in good and bad results and it just gets a bit choppy and and usually people think more negatively than 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 reality so it's almost like okay we get to the midterms it's done now it's not as bad as expected and okay let's just push higher the only thing i would make a point about is people were saying this in 2018 and i actually remember i was uh, delivering a lecture at a Mundi investment in Dublin. And I was talking about the S&P 500 just ran this sort of similar time four years ago. And it just could not break a key resistance level, literally similar, so similar to what the S&P 500 is doing now. And then it sold off all the way into December. And it took a dovish Fed from then to, to sort of mark a bottom in market. So I think we do have to take these things with a, a sort of a pinch of salt, but yeah, market reaction and who might win at the moment is going to be, it's not going to be a Republican wave. It's going to be more of a mix, but uh, market reaction right now, not amazing, but not bad. Let's have a look over the next sort of few, few weeks and moments, but inflation number one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess just maybe sticking with sort of the midterms and, and just trying to have a, have a, have a look at it from, you know, an investment sort of points of view and, and what it sort of could mean, you know, what are the implications for different industries? Um, Because again, as you say, you know, politics might not be our favorite thing to talk about on the <laughs> podcast, but it's certainly um, going to have an impact on, on different industries, right? Um, whether that's, you know, clean energy, um, yeah. you know, wh- whatever it might be, how, how do we see that playing out? It's so annoying, isn't it? Politics. It really, really is. It's just, <laughs> why does it move markets? Um, people in the UK uh, that, uh, or the people that trade UK assets at the moment, have had to be on the ball. And I was, I was speaking yesterday with someone at an event who goes on TV in, in a similar way to sort of how Martin Lewis does, you know, money saving expert, that kind of thing. And they were talking about just over the last two months. It's been manic absolutely manic they'd be about to go on a talk show to talk about you know uh, mortgage rates or whatever and uk politics and then on the way there in the taxi a new headline would come out and it's just like how do you deal with that really um i think one thing that that helps certainly in this situation but we always talk about it diversification is is super key uh, i mentioned Callie earlier our, our u.s uh, investment analyst and and she she put together a really nice report I'll, I'll actually link it in the bio for anyone that wants to to read it um she was saying government policy doesn't often define an entire economy however the decisions congress makes aren't exactly uh, trivial either often policy can have far-reaching effects for certain companies and industries some of those you, you mentioned there and as an investor you could easily find your portfolio in the crosshairs of policy risk regardless who you voted for and unless you've got that crystal ball you can't get it right all the time so look these days as you mentioned there's conversations crypto regulation commodity controls international relations and antitrust concerns chances are you know if we fast forward a few months time they're going to be you know hot decisions and your portfolio may be swung one way or the other and and we get to that point and they may be in favor of regulation or you know commodity controls just for example so 
Congress has, has also passed a few cru- crucial laws, including the Inflation Reduction Act uh, quite recently, uh, and that helps to lift stock prices in, in clean energy companies. If we get a U-turn of that, then you don't obviously want your portfolio in that way. So over the, the coming days, let's to see who is in control. Is it, I mean, very unlikely now uh, that Republicans would have a clean sweep, but if that was the case, you may want to then think, well, hang on, are we going to see a U-turn in anything here and then position your portfolio accordingly? Yeah. Well, as if we didn't have enough to deal with, we'll just we'll just flow some throw some political tension in the mix as well. Why not? Just to really mix mix up this nice little cocktail in markets that we've got at the minute. Yeah, well, I, I'm looking forward to our next subjects, and I reckon our well, our, our listeners that are like me and you that would rather not talk politics will, will be the same. <laughs> and we, I guess, in a way, you know, Elon Musk isn't much better, but we'll talk about Twitter. And I want to know how you're seeing things at the moment. I mean, look, the company's gone private. But I think there was talk about it at some point going public again. So I, I could hopefully confirm or deny that. And, and also, what is this $8 fee about? Everyone's talking about it. I mean, like you said, usage is, is at its all-time high. So people are caring. They're going back onto the platform or they're signing up. Um, you know, people are up in arms about that on Twitter. It's quite funny, actually. Uh, so what's Mr. Musk up to? You know, it does seem like he's enjoying all of it. And as the saying goes... There is no such thing as bad publicity. No, and uh, and I think Mr. Musk knows that, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, I, I think just to start, you know, back at the beginning, there, I think there is a real possibility it goes public again in the future. Um, I think that's unlikely to happen for a while, I'd imagine. Obviously, we know, um, you know, Elon has taken you know companies public in the past. He obviously did that with with Tesla, and I think he's previously said it, it should be in the hands um, of sort of the users, investors, I think he's come out and said that in the past as well. So there's a real possibility. Um, but yeah, Musk is doing Musk things as usual. But um, as I said earlier, Twitter has, has said that their user growth is accelerating and reaching all-time highs. This is obviously comes at a time as well over concerns of actually users fleeing the platform. Um, and he's obviously trying to reassure advertisers as well, you know, that, that things are are okay right because there's a lot of talk over what's going on he's obviously been pretty wild with his tweets and and sort of what he's talking about um obviously trying to to talk about censorship as well again that's sort of making advertisers nervous and then of course as you say we've got this pay to use model which seems that anyone paying eight dollars a month will be verified and receive benefits um it seems that might be the musk way of generating revenue which could be smart, but I think also could damage the reputation of the platform at the same time. You know, if you give anybody the opportunity to pay $8 a month, are you going to have, you know, 10,000 companies uh, posing to be another company at the same time, right? I think there is a, a value in the verification model. Um, but again, I also think that there needs to be something that puts in place to to stop bots. And I think that's what he's trying mm. to do. So it's a bit of a mix. Um, publicly firing half of your employees is not a great look and then asking them back again that's also not a good it's also not a good look either um and i don't think we'll probably provide much confidence um but i think i think yeah let, let's look at this from 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 a tesla point of view right musk's big plan is to is to fix twitter those were his sort of words and that's a pretty bold plan right for a man with with very little time on his side mm. um and he's going to want to justify this astronomical price tag um i've seen the uh, yeah, a lot of analysts are calling this sort of the the one of the most over hyped acquisitions 
and one of the you know overpriced acquisitions that they've ever seen in tech history. Um, and again, as I say, he's going to want to justify that, and that yeah. of course means diverting his focus away from from Tesla. Um, and that's going to be a worry for Tesla shareholders. Yeah. You know, the man at the helm diverts his attention at a time when the company needs him most. Um, overnight, Tesla closed at a 52-week low, $191.30, down more than 50% so far in 2022. And he's just announced that he sold, I think, um, I've not got the right number right here. Let me just grab it. I think it was like $3.9 billion. Um, Let me just find the number. Should have it probably loaded already. Should I? That would help. Yeah, $3.9 billion worth of shares. Not mm. a good look. Not no. a good look when he said he wouldn't be selling more shares to fund <laughs> the acquisition. Um, so I think instead of building a social network, Tesla investors would prefer if they CEO was laser focused on electric vehicles rather than tweets. We go- and this comes at a time, as I say, when we're at a 52 week low for the stock, they're getting multiple investigations from the US Department of Justice, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration over the autopilot technology. Um, we had weaker delivery numbers for Q3, supply chain issues globally. We've got soaring prices of lithium. So, you know, I think Tesla uh, investors would prefer must be going to buy, you know, a lithium mine rather than buying a social network. Um, but again, this this takes, again, a lot of this has been priced in, right? That's why we're 50% down so far in 2022. But I don't think that him selling another $4 billion worth of shares is going to be priced in. And I think that's the market isn't going to like that. That's going to reduce, you know, a big part of his ownership within the stock, um, which could mean that he doesn't necessarily, that there could be the question mark, if does he care as much if he doesn't have uh, as much of an investment in there, right? He's had to pay billions and billions of dollars for Twitter, is he going to maybe start looking elsewhere? Is he bored of Tesla? Who knows? Mm. Um, but I just think that this is just coming at the wrong time um, for Mr. Musk. And, and he's going to have some some question marks to answer. And I'm really, really looking forward to, <laughs> to um, you know, uh, you know, an earnings call or, you know, a Tesla investor day, something like that that's around the corner soon, because I want to hear from the man himself. But yeah, he's got his shiny new toy, isn't he? Um, but yeah. yeah, Tesla, once it dropped between below that 207, which was the low of the year, See you later. Um, it doesn't look good sentiment-wise, technically-wise, and fundamentally uh, right now uh, as well. Uh, other headlines just to wrap us up for the week. I mean, people are probably aware Bitcoin fell to a year-to-date low briefly beneath the 18,000 level. I think it's just a bit above there now uh, as FTX token fell over 70%. Uh, and that was amid news of large withdrawals in recent days, and which resulted in a double-digit percentage drop also for Ethereum. On Tuesday, FTX's CEO told staff that the exchange saw around $7 billion of worth of withdrawals in the 72 hours before Tuesday, uh, according to Reuters, citing a memo. Uh, and it was also reported that the US Commodity Futures Trading Commission is monitoring the, the Binance FTX situation while Binance will start to conduct proof of reserves soon. So that uncertainty, that bad headline has, has sent crypto low or sent crypto lower on, on Tuesday to, or, or Bitcoin in particular, to that year to date low. Some other crypto assets are still off their their lows but something just to monitor and keep a a watch on a bad headline there um and in terms of other things to keep an eye on just before we we go to the podcast in seven days obviously got the cpi tomorrow uk gdp on friday 
for any pound traders and the GDP preliminary number as well. So UK traders, the potential for the biggest move for UK assets. I mean, to be honest, I'd probably still say it's US inflation, but on Friday, maybe keep an eye out for, for that. And then we've got the RBA minutes uh, Tuesday. So before the podcast, Chinese retail sales, UK unemployment rate and claimant count, uh, and uh, also Eurozone trade balance and GDP flash estimate as well, all before the mm. podcast next week. So busy, busy few days uh, for us to, to navigate through, but it's all going to be about that inflation number for the biggest, biggest moving markets. Um, Josh, as always, been a pleasure. Thank you, Sam. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.